Welcome to the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time. That, of course, being Limitless Wrestling. My name is Josh Nason, and on this week's show, we're going to recap, recap Too Hot to Handle that saw Sky Duhai's return to Maine Pro Wrestling, in addition to his first ever team up with fellow Maine native Dirty Dango. That is in addition to an unbelievable, all caps, unbelievable world title match. In addition to everything that happened afterward, we also look ahead to the second event for Let's Wrestle this year coming up on Saturday, March 19th. In addition to what is developing into a must-see, they're always must-see, but this is a must-see, all caps, limitless show on Saturday, March 26th. Cannot wait to talk about that lineup and join me to do that. As always, is the owner, the leader, the recovering from illness himself, head of Limitless Wrestling, Randy Carver. Randy, say hi to the fine people. How's it going, Josh? Uh, you must be chipper, fresh off vacation, must have that vacation tan going on. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I sadly missed the uh, the, the big event uh, last Saturday, uh, depressed about that. However, my depression you know, didn't uh, last that long because I was on a flight to St. Lucia. Uh, the uh, the country itself, doing some uh, doing some scouting in the Saint Lucia Wrestling Federation. Randy, that's what I was there for, seeing all the champions and all that stuff. No, just kidding, just a vacation. It was uh, it was fun. Uh, it, it was a good time. I had not been uh, the wife and I had not been on vacation alone in eight years. If you can imagine that. So, I was supposed to go a couple of years ago, and yeah, it was uh, it was good. Feeling refreshed, feeling good, and I was uh, I I stayed spoiler free too hot to handle as i told you i was going to do my best to do that and you told me uh i should be up on iwtv by the time you came back luckily on monday afternoon i believe it was it went up and enjoyed the uh enjoyed the show looking forward to talking about it and yeah this was uh it's it's good to be back and i you know i was thinking down there i'm like i wonder if there's pro wrestling like down here you know what i mean like there is there like a group or anything like that it's a small country it's about like 160,000 people i think but uh, I'm always kind of you know, curious about that type of stuff. And yeah, is there, is there pro wrestling in a place like this? I was actually going to ask if you did any research into that. And I was also going to ask, would the wife kill you if you even proposed to go see the St. Lucia Wrestling Federation on Wild <laughs> Vacation? Well, I think I'd probably have to go at uh, myself. Uh, that's for <laughs> sure. And, you know, some areas of some of these countries, you, I mean, you just don't know. Uh, you don't know how they view Americans. You don't know. You just... You don't really know know your way around. So I should have asked somebody. It was one of those things I really didn't know who to ask. We were on a resort, so you didn't really like talk to um uh you know, everyone's kinda of in, in a different mindset there. But yeah, I'm I was kinda of curious if uh if they had that. And I know it could be a you know, you've seen some of these random uh expansions and partnerships with uh with organizations or any perhaps there's a there's an opening for uh for limitless wrestling in St. Lucia. Yeah, Limitless St. Lucia coming soon. Just prepare. You heard it here first, so don't yeah. act surprised. Imagine that all of a sudden you move down there. That's like your home location. You know what I mean? That'd be great. Well, I must I must have hit some kind of lottery if I'm moving to St. Lucia. So oh, You never know. I don't know. You never know. Uh, so before we begin, uh, always wherever you're listening, subscribe, like the video if you're watching us on YouTube, listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Please give us the, uh, the five-star review. Help us out a little bit. And, uh, you know, you always can uh, tweet at Randy, Randy Carver, Randy Carver underscore LW on Twitter. And tell him to get a mention of the podcast on a limitless show or a Let's Wrestle show or the website or something like that. Let him know the, the things that I'm trying to get out there. I will podcast. I will make it a happening this month, both events. Mm. Is that is that yeah. a Randy Carver guarantee? That's a guarantee. I'm going to talk to Ethan and Rich today. 
I mean, I was thinking about talking to Let's Wrestle Commissioner Johnny Torres about this situation, but I know he's very busy booking the card and such. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the little uh, announcement he put out earlier this week, but mm-hmm. we're going to have some uh, some interesting news on the Let's Wrestle Tag Team Championships coming I, soon. And I think that I, a lot of the tag teams in the scene, in the, in the main scene, in the Let's Wrestle world, they're going to be very excited about the happenings. I haven't got the full details yet, but Torres, you know, He's got some ideas cooked up. I like the picture that you shared with the announcement. It's like completely shaved bald. Uh, Johnny Torres, like a nice trim beard. And it's like, wow, is this the same guy I'm seeing? Like, on, like he looks completely different now. <laughs> That's like one of those before and after the pandemic. <laughs> literally, I think that was very soon before the pandemic. So mm. pretty funny. I like it. I like it. Anyway, so let's get into it. Too Hot to Handle, uh, sponsored, co-sponsored by Rock and Roll Fables and Jim Bob's Grizzly Beard Care. Check them out on their various social media pages and uh, on the websites, uh, their websites as well. So again, this happened uh, Yarmouth, Maine, and available now, of course, I mentioned on IWTV.com. For some reason, you're not an IWTV subscriber. Use the code Limitless, which helps out this promotion quite a bit. And again, I like to always start out, uh, my friend, with... Behind the scenes, what type of stuff can you tell us? I mean, there's, there's obviously there was a big storm that came in on Friday in the Northeast, and there's all types of questions about you know, travel and issues, and obviously it's kind of like a cascading uh, domino effect, rather. But uh, yeah, let's go behind the scenes first and kind of the lead up, what you can tell people about some of the, uh, you know, call this the, uh, so you want to be a wrestling promoter segment. <laughs> yeah, this would have been the show for it. Um, and I think, you know, if we had talked a few days after the event, it would have been a much different podcast than it is today, but I've had some time to mellow out and uh, watch the show back and, uh, I don't know, not feel, not feel as bad about it as I did. It was just, uh, I guess it was just stressful more than anything. Um, And it really started on Thursday when everyone's flights started to get canceled who were coming in because of the weather. And really the only person that we knew was going to be safe with Scotty too hotty because he was coming in on Thursday regardless into Boston. So um, I didn't have any worries about that. But everyone who was traveling Friday, because a lot of the people we were bringing to the Northeast, they had another show on Friday, whether it was Chaotic Wrestling, which was scheduled to take place, or Grind, uh, both of which canceled due to a winter storm. But that put uh, everybody into limbo when those flights started to get canceled. And it was just like notification after notification. It's like, this flight has been canceled. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> um, so we had Eli Knight, who is uh, scheduled to come in for Grind Friday. His uh, Both of his flights were absolutely canceled. There was nothing outright that could take him on Friday. And then on Saturday as well, because, uh, I mean, immediately when everybody's flights get canceled, they're rebooking as quick as possible to get to their destination. Eli's was the last to cancel on Thursday night. And by the time we were looking into Saturday flights to get him here, there was just nothing possible to get it done. So uh, Eli, unfortunately, did not make his Limitless debut at Too Hot to Handle. Uh, we are going to try to set something up for later this year to get him up here. Anthony Green and Rat Daddy had a much different scenario because – only the second half of their two flights canceled, which was Philadelphia to Boston. So they still had an avenue to make it. So I talked with Anthony Green, the road warrior that he is, and he decided, yeah, we'll pound some pavement. I called in, got him a rent-a-car from Philly, and they were uh, they flew into the Philly airport as they were expected to and grabbed a rent-a-car and drove the rest of the way. So 
they got to their destination in Massachusetts Friday evening, and then uh, they were set to come up on Saturday. But that was just before the event even got here. And Saturday, uh, I'm on my way to pick up Jacob Drifter, uh, but heading no. to the event, and I get a message from KTB that uh, he's got an illness and you know, had no time to get a COVID test in time, a COVID test result, I should say. And uh, he was going to have to be out for the day and not make the trip up to team with Shane Mercer. So that really put uh, a lot of stuff into limbo with not only Eli Knight missing out on his match, but KTB, who is one fourth of a tag team match. He's out of action now. So uh, we really had to get to work uh, on that drive down. And then even early into the day of setup, once we got to the ambats of kind of structuring this card back together. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to a uh, a old pod. I listened to the very first Limitless Wrestling podcast this week. It was just kind of in my in my player. So I'm that's like, oh. what you were doing on vacation, huh? <laughs> that's right. I was sitting I was sitting on the beach, just listening to old Limitless Wrestling podcasts, uh-huh. watching stuff on IWTV. And uh, there's a reason I, uh, my wife divorced me when I came back. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, and and uh, in this, you were talking about uh, you were talking about oh, what was the the show. But basically, uh, Sammy Callahan had to pull off because he forgot to write down a date that you had booked him, and he was booked overseas. You had Joey Janela, who was supposed to be on a show taking on Danger Kid in, a, in like a Falls Count Anywhere match, and Janela had a chance to go to Ireland for two nights and uh, and make some more money, so he was off the show. And it's interesting, like you hear back, like uh, I mean, this is like a constant in terms of, and not just you, but like all indie promoters of there's just shit that happens, and you just have to kind of, you know like Bruce Lee said, be like water, right? And just keep flowing and, yeah. and it's just try to figure out a way to make it happen. But that's the way, especially of independent wrestling, because, you know, it, it can be as simple as someone forgetting to write down a date. It can be like the Joey Janela sitch where someone gets an opportunity to go have multiple dates overseas, take a trip to Ireland, make some more money. Um, there's numerous things that can happen. And of course, now, people getting signed and the obligations that they have under contract. We see that all the time in Limitless. And I think that's the most constant thing that we see is just the turnover in talent sometimes, which, you know, could, could leave you uh, dates that you had filled, you know, with someone could leave that to uh, not be able to happen at that point. So uh, there's tons of ways that um, this can kind of get showcased, but yeah, I mean, it's been a constant for us. It'll be a constant for a long time. And I think it is for anyone in independent wrestling. They feel it. Will we ever get that Janela versus DK Falls Count Anywhere match? That would be sweet. Um, I, it does kind of seem like Janela's doing a few more indie dates recently. And I would love to get him back up here for that match or uh, any really. So who knows? That'd be a fun card, like a random card of... Uh matches that you always want to make or were supposed to make and something fell through and just do like a full live of them. You <laughs> we know would what I mean? have to do the one where it's like matches that we announced that never happened because yeah. there's quite a list of those. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be a fun, uh, a fun limitless show to do is go like through a whole car and be like, Oh, here's, here's, here's what we'd love to put together. That'd be uh that'd be a fun one. We'll mark that one down. Anyway, let's get back to uh too hot to handle. So uh, it turned out to be the one and only mortar. Uh, Mr. Sub filling in for for KTB and a team with Shane Mercer to take on uh, Prestigious, made up of BRG and Channing Thomas. And this was uh, this was a really fun opener. Uh, Mac Daniels out with the group wearing the Let's Wrestle title. I love that, showing a lot of that synergy there. Obviously, he was pretty uh, pretty happy there. And yeah, this was uh, you know Mercer and Mortar. As you know, you, you put some of these guys together, you may assume that. 
they're going to be on the same page looking for wins. But these guys start playing a game of one-ups and sheep with each other, not really getting along, kind of a – I can do this, and then I can do this better. Uh, we saw a nice, a big press slam. Uh, you know, Mercer, Shane Mercer. We know the power there. We saw a huge press slam by him. Uh, mortar hit the mortar salt on the outside, but eventually, you know, their squabbling got uh, worked against them. Prestige got the advantage, and this was a back and forth affair. Late, we saw a really impressive uh, Shane Mercer vertical suplex. Uh, I believe is on BRG from Mortar's shoulders as he was standing on yes, the outside. Yes, it was. That was I can- insane in person. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was insane watching it on TV. Like just the amount of power that it takes—it's uh, unbelievable. There, the end came. You know, Mac Daniels. I mentioned he came out with the Limitless Wrestling title, and he wanted Channing Thomas to use it against uh, Mercer and Mortar. But you know, Channing Thomas threw it back, and then Mac Daniels tried again. Channing Thomas threw it back, and Thomas got distracted and got hit in a such a, a, a Mercer three sixty slam of a sense in a sense. From the top rope, finished it off, and uh, Mercer and Mortar pick up the victory over Prestigious. And then afterward, Randy, you know, we hate you hate to see it. Not really, but you hate Do to you? see it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You don't really. You don't really. You have, uh, you know, Jay Thomas grabs a mic, and he's like, look, there's no John Alba here. Uh, but, uh, you know, basically starts, you know, bitching at, at Daniel saying, look, uh, Alba's always talking about you, and he's not really talking about us, not helping us a, a lot. There's some pushing and shoving involved. And then T- Thomas, you know, he, he said, you know, why is he always helping you and not us? And then he finally said, look, if he's not here on the card next month, I'm done. And then he just walks away. BRG kind of caught in the middle, not knowing what to make, make of things. And it sounds like uh, there's an ultimatum for prestigious. You know, what's so refreshing is coming on to one of these post-show recap podcasts and not having someone sitting there making excuses for what's going on with prestigious because everything's not fine obviously Channing Thomas irate at Mac Daniels after I think Mac you know saw a clear avenue for them to get a victory and Channing Thomas obviously wanted to do it without the championship being used and I'm sure it's you know still feeling a little salty after getting eliminated by Mac Daniels for that championship we got to talk about it but uh I mean, very cool to see Shane Mercer and Mortar pull this off, to be honest, with the deck kind of stacked against them. Mac Daniels on the outside. These two never have teamed before. I don't even know if Mercer and Mortar have shared the same locker room before. I I would wager to say they may not have. And uh, they really got it done. It was a very fun tag team match, a fun way to open the show. I got a few messages about Mercer and Mortar being such a fun pairing. And uh I don't know. Good for them getting it done here because it seems like they have caused some distress in the house of prestigious. And I love to see it. Mm. And you're mentioning, you know, having a stressful day. I imagine it must've been less stressful knowing that uh, John Alba basically thanks to Matt Hardy didn't show up at the event after all. Yeah. I'm a huge Matt Hardy fan. I don't know if I've said (laughs) that before. Um, And this just really, uh, you know, put it over the top. He kept John Alba to his obligations, you know, doing the life of, the extreme life of Matt Hardy and the wives of wrestling podcast. I'm not trying to plug his stuff, but um, yeah. And kept, you know, kept him in check there. And John needs that sometimes, obviously, but I don't know if you've seen, you may not have being off the grid for a hot minute, John Alba's social media posts. It does seem like we're getting our, uh, you know, our dose of John back oh, in our lives in March later this month. Well, I mean, he's got to show up if he wants to keep the boys together. We'll see how that yeah. plays out. We'll, we'll see if that plays out. If he shows up March, who knows? Who knows? Uh, and we go into a, a match that was, you know, a month plus in the making, give or take, supposed to be on the Let's Wrestle show, but happened. 
in a limitless wrestling ring instead. We have Rat Daddy, the debuting Rat Daddy, taking on AG, the former two-time limitless wrestling world champion. Rat Daddy picking up the victory in this. Quite an upset. It's a mirror wrestling overall. Uh, these are two guys that really, you know, they're they're evenly matched, I think. Two guys very lean, very tall. Uh, both have the long hair going, facial hair. They, they almost like, you know, mirror images of each other. And, you know, early on kind of doing the, the mirror spot. AG didn't really seem to know what to make of Rat Daddy, who is this long-reigning champ in Australia, and a lot of people getting to know him for the first time on U.S. soil. And this was a this was an offensive uh, display by both guys. And really, I mean, we we know what you know what, what Anthony Green has been able to do in a limitless ring and some of the offense that he pulls up uh, pulls up and pulls out. Uh, Rat Daddy having some nice offense as well, uh, doing a teasing a dive to the outside, but doing a sliding clothesline instead, hitting a sweet looking neck wrench over the top rope. On Anthony Green, just unorthodox stuff that was uh, really innovative and fun. Uh, a sunset flip power bomb, a super kick at two for Rat Daddy. Uh, AG going for the so much prettier. But Eric Greenleaf, the referee, had got distracted checking a turnbuckle that Rat Daddy was teasing, taking off. And you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, Rat Daddy was able to kick out or get out of the move rather. AG shoves Eric Greenleaf and then gets hit with a super kick. And then uh, eventually rolling through off a of Beal into a tombstone position and got a roll-up. Rat Daddy getting the roll-up for the victory. This was a fun match overall, especially the last few minutes. Again, offensive out output on display. But yeah, AG, uh, again, a surprise loss for him and the unorthodox Rat Daddy, 1-0 and in Limitless Wrestling. Yeah, this was kind of a shocker, I think, to folks, and especially to Anthony Green, who I think was the most shocked in the room that that was a three count, and he somehow let Rat Daddy in his Limitless debut get past him. Uh, Rat Daddy's first appearance, not only for Limitless, but in the Northeast, and as you said, very unorthodox, very unique in the ring, and that's tough to game plan for sometimes. And Anthony Green, it's just been very up and down since losing the championship to Alec Price. We saw him get caught by Becca. He got caught here by Rat Daddy, and uh really just you know you, you could see kind of tensions boiling over for a moment with ag and that's something that we don't normally see but he's not used to losing in a limitless wrestling ring and it's been a rocky road the past few months so this is certainly not what he wanted and i think uh you know had some blame for referee eric greenleaf there in his mind uh, there was a point of contention after the match that eric greenleaf may have been in the way preventing the so much prettier from happening on rat daddy there as you mentioned but Hey, at the end of the day, Rat Daddy got the three count. Mm. And then we went to uh, Trisha Dora taking on Savannah Evans. And this was uh, Trisha was obviously a substitute for Becca, the injured Becca. This will be her versus the debuting Savannah Evans of Impact Wrestling. And Trisha Dora picking up the victories. We mentioned on the last show, these two had uh, had, had a rivalry on uh, various matches to the Indies and bring it to, um, to Limitless. Evans using her power, obviously, quite a bit. Very you know, tall woman, physical force. And Trisha's kind of doing what she can to, to you know, survive that. Evans was uh, was ahead for most of the match. And then uh, Adora was able to uh, to pick up the victory here. And, yeah, her first Limitless Wrestling victory. And afterward, on the mic, inviting Becca back to Limitless Wrestling at some point. And, and I think wants that rematch uh, somewhere down the road. And, yeah, Trisha Adora, one and one in Limitless Wrestling. Yeah, that's something I'm definitely interested in. The comments after the match, you know, wanting to welcome Becca back to Limitless Wrestling. I think Trisha Dora has had a taste and now she wants to get her win back against Becca. And we'll see if we can make that come to fruition later this year when Becca is back and 100% ready to go again. 
it's felt like a big feeling out process here. And I mean, good for Trish on short notice, not only accepting the match, but getting the job done and getting back on the board in limitless. Cause that's what punches your ticket back. You know, if you can be successful here, rack up some victories, some big opportunities could follow. And we go on to essentially one of the, you know, the, the co-main events of the night, so to speak, this is one that a lot of people were very excited for. We talked about for you know, well over a month, the main return of the one and only sky to hottie team with main zone dirty dango taking on brad cashew and art ricky smokes and aaron rourke obviously ava ever over in germany we'll talk about that in a minute and sky to and dirty dango picking up the victory here and randy <laughs> i i texted you as i was watching the show at you know sky to is doing his entrance and all of a sudden the music cut out what happened yeah i would love to know um <laughs> Very, very similar situation to what happened in September when we had some music issues. Uh, literally just the mixer died and we had no power to it at all. And I was trying to figure out if we had blown it for an, and which would have been shocking. I didn't I didn't think that we were overpowering anything with the, the volume or any of the music we were putting out. But yeah, um, the mixer died and we luckily got it back. You can kind of notice when that happens on the stream, right as Rich Palladino is about to announce them in the ring. We got power once again, and the mic was back on. But mm. uh, that was certainly a stressful, I don't know, two or three minute period where we weren't getting any juice whatsoever. Yeah, this was, uh, yeah, this, I mean, obviously, you know, people were just, I, him, I think the crowd just kind of took over and the moment kind of just took over in itself, which was, uh, which was good. I mean, people were happy on their feet. This was uh, this was fun to watch. I imagine in the building, it must have been pretty awesome once, uh, you know, during the whole entrance and everything. Yes, that was, there's an awesome video that uh, one of our students, Doug Weiser, got where he's got Scotty coming right out through the entrance and then actually follows him uh, on camera for his jaunt around the side of the venue and then to the other side of the room. Uh, really cool video. So check that one out. I think it's on Instagram. It's at Weiser207, but um that was an awesome video just just really cool some of his family was in the crowd as well and you know friends from the past and we had a lot of new faces in general who came out to that show which was really cool to see but um that match that entrance the whole piece uh awesome environment to be in that room for and i think it translates to video really well also and what a fun team scotty and dango was uh i don't know a really cool time yeah, a few memorable moments here. Obviously, there was a stink face from <laughs> Brad Cashew to, to Aaron Rourke uh, when he thought it was actually Dirty Dango instead. And yeah, the end sequence came when uh, Dirty Dango took out Aaron Rourke and uh, Ricky Smokes with a combo air raid DDT move. And that led to what I had appeared in my notes as the sequence, the Bulldog by Sky Tuhati, and then the Worm in a limitless wrestling ring. Can you believe it? On Brad Cashew dropping the big punch. Picking up the pin and win for Main Zone, Sky Tuhari, and Dirty Dango. Then afterwards, Sky Tuhari grabbing the mic, made a joke. If he had a sound system that worked all the time, he'd say Limitless is his favorite promotion or something like that. Uh, getting a fun jab in there and uh, delivering a very emotional promo. Uh, he got he got emotional himself, talking about uh, home. Home being where his favorite place to be is and, and work is and, and talking about uh, his road to wrestling through Maine and just coming up through and, and everything like that. Obviously, I would advise people. If they haven't seen it, uh, check out obviously everything on uh, IWTV.com. But it was a, it was a nice, uh, a nice punctuation on a, on a return that I think people have obviously wanted for. Uh, not that I think that I know people have wanted for quite some time. I know you've wanted to do this for quite some time, 
it was a nice uh, cherry on top of the Sunday, so to speak. And uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully someday we'll uh, we'll welcome back to a, a limitless wrestling ring again. I think we got to. Uh, I would love to have that happen again because from from the match to the fan interactions he had throughout the day to the seminar with some of our students and some wrestlers throughout New England. Uh, such positive things to say all around from everybody who associated with him that day. And uh, just cool to have someone like that back home, like he said. And uh, I'd love to have it happen again. So uh, I think stay tuned on that front. And I think it'll happen certainly by the end of this year. And we should say, you know, Dirty Dango, no slouch himself, now a limitless wrestling regular. He just keeps winning, whether it's singles matches or tag team matches. He's uh, he keeps picking up victories. Nice role in Limitless. Undefeated thus far. I believe that makes him 4-0. Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice tights, too. I like it. Uh, and <laughs> so let's go through a uh, you know fun part of the night, too. You know, as I'm watching this IWTV piece, it must have happened after the, uh, the intermission, right? All of a sudden, J.D. Drake gets in the ring, and he is pissed. No big surprise there. And runs down. He... <laughs> He delivered a, a scathing, which it feels a little bit light in terms of uh, some of the stuff he was saying to some of the fans. He uh, he runs down the fans, a variety of different um, different insults and things like that. I wish I had uh, one of the I wish I had one of the actual things he said here because I wrote it down. I'll find it a little bit in, in a minute, but this was a. Uh, this is some good stuff. Uh, and you know, he said basically his open contract, and and you know this because you've signed the deal. Said, you know, no one named not named Rip Bison was available or, or an option rather for the star making challenge, star maker challenge. And then out of nowhere, Limla, <laughs> let's wrestle champion Mac Daniels comes out, and there's some mutual respect between these guys. They like each other. Drake is surprised, but he said, you know, uh, he likes Mac Daniels. He said, let's do it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Rip Bison came out from the front entrance, and it's on. Uh, and and, uh, and J.D. Drake decides to take a little walk, and he grabs a microphone, and he says, Randy, he says he's pulled a left glute uh, during that whole sequence. He's injured. He walked out, and then, you know, he's looking at you, uh, calls you out for the, saying that, you know, he's not going to take on Bison for the open challenge, and all of a sudden, Lo and behold, it's on Rip Bison versus JD Drake. And this was a fight. And this was uh, like everything we could expect, uh, everything we thought. Both guys just, you know, meaty, ben, big, meaty Ben slapping meat, Randy. This is what this was. Uh, Bison, just uh, no big surprise here. He's just super tough, kicking out of a ton of moves, uh, which was shocking to JD Drake, including a, a Bader bomb. Jay Drake, uh, Drake denying the moonsault to the fans, uh, gave two love gun lariats to Bison. Didn't matter. Kicked out. Uh, Rip Bison almost made a fatal mistake going for Rippensteiner. Got hit with a Liger bomb instead off the top rope. However, kicked out of two at that. And then finally, Rip Bison hitting three of his own love gun lariats on Jay Drake to get the pin until it doesn't happen. And then because Nate Speckman, all of a sudden you know, he gets the pin. Everyone's happy. Referee Nate Speckman says, no, no, no. Uh, he saw, let's, uh, Rich Paladino know he saw JD Drake's foot under the rope. You know, Drake ducked under a, a match restarts. Jay Drake ducks under a lariat, gets a roll up with the tights, of course, picking up the victory over Rip Bison. And this was, uh, yeah, this is going to be Rip's big moment here. And we'll talk about what happened later in the show, but you know, Jay, he gave Jay Drake all he could handle. And at the end, uh, gets screwed over by, uh, a, a game of inches with a foot under the rope. And then obviously, you know, losing to a handful of tights. Imagine that. I mean, you talk about getting away with one here, J.D. Drake. And I'm. this isn't a guy who, you know, needs excuses to get by something typically. But 
Drake got away with one here. And, uh, you know, it, was it the right call? Everything just kind of happened at once there when the when the hand hit for the third time. And that is generally the signifier. But if he, you know, if he saw that leg under there, I've seen a lot of refs pull back and say hand hit three, count was two, foot was under the rope. Um, it's a tough circumstance for a referee to be put in to make a call like that. It's a judgment call right on the spot. Split second decision making. And that was put to the test in Nate Speckman in this matchup. Rip Bison went through hell and high water to get to that point where he did get a three count on Drake. But foot was under the rope and Drake gets away with one here. Pinning Rip Bison, handful of tights, like you said. And is once again victorious in the Star Maker Open Challenge, even if it wasn't who he wanted to wrestle that night. Mm. I mean, I got to side with as much as I hate to do. I think I got to side with Nate Speckman. I mean, look. His job as an official is to call it right down the middle. He has to take emotion out of it, and as as uh, as salty and and uh, and uh, much a tough to deal with guy that JD Drake has become in recent months. Look, he was able to get his foot under the rope. I mean, imagine that was a title match, right? You have to oh you to call gosh. it down the middle. Yeah, yeah, you had to call it down the middle. You had to call it down the middle, and, uh, and I've seen yeah. that in like uh, like referee seminars, just to pull it back a little bit. Like that is that is something that's actually talked about is like, you do have to kind of, you have to have like a wandering eye in terms of that positioning to make sure, Hey, are the shoulders down? And do we have any, uh, a leg or an arm reaching for that bottom rope? There's so much to watch as a referee and it's totally based on your positioning. And, uh, there are circumstances where that's going to be so tight where you just, you've got to make that split second decision and, you know, hopefully you make it right. Mm. Somehow I don't think Rip Bison cared about that. Do you? No, I I, <laughs> I do not think so. I, I think shell-shocked is the term I would use once everything went down the way that it did and J.D. Drake was on his way out of the building. Yep, and we will hear about more of those guys in a minute. Uh, backstage, as we saw in the video, Art imploding, Randy, uh, without Ava Everett there, Ricky Smokes and Aaron Rourke just not getting along between prestigious and Art. I mean, these teams just uh, without some of their, their fearless leaders around, having some issues. And then JD Drake grabs a camera and grabs Sam and says, uh, basically, you know, to paraphrase uh, telling JD, uh, telling a rip bison, I didn't just make you a star talking to rip bison. I made you my bitch and refusing to answer, uh, some of the pointed questions that, uh, that Sam had. And, and, uh, that would lead into uh, some stuff we talk about, uh, we'll talk about in a little bit. And then this was a, a different uh, twist, Randy. We had a new England pro wrestling Academy showcase match between Gal Barquet from Israel, uh, this is someone that debuted and Let's Wrestle. We talked about him uh, in previous episodes. Make his debut against a debuting Randy Rivera, who is, I, I believe, a, a champion for New England Pro Wrestling Academy. If I remember, I can't remember the promotion. But uh, this was how did this come together, Randy? This is a kind of a different thing that you did. Very last minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the plan was, uh, of course, we were riding um, – Mortar versus Eli Knight being a match until like late Thursday night. Maybe it was even early Friday. Uh, then the move was going to be, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, maybe it was going to be Mortar and someone from the seminar. I, don't, I think there was literally a time period where we didn't know what the outcome was going to be of that like open match at that point. Yeah. Um, then when KTB is out due to illness. So I think very early Saturday morning, um, I had contacted Gall to see if he could come wrestle Mortar. And before I even heard back from Gall, KTB had texted and was out due to illness. So Mortar was going to move into that tag team position. And now 
I have gall with no opponent. So <laughs> I actually contacted Anthony Green and I said, hey, I have an idea. Uh, I'm not sure what shows are going on today. I did know that Blitzkrieg was doing one in Connecticut. So uh, a lot of our locals who are sometimes uh, people who we could call on reserve if we had something go wrong, a lot of them are not available today because there's a show going on in Connecticut. There's a show going on in New York as well. Um, so I hit him up and I said, hey, uh, I've got tentatively gall for this position. I was thinking about maybe doing a New England Pro Wrestling Academy showcase kind of deal. Uh, did you have anybody in mind for the spot? And he pitched Randy Rivera, who just got back from his first tour in the United Kingdom. He's the Atlantic Pro. I think he's the Atlantic Pro New England champion. I could be totally wrong, but I know he's a champion for Atlantic Pro. Um, he's been impressive in the few matches that I had seen of him up to this point. So I said, you know what, we'll give it a shot. And uh, I was really impressed with what these guys could do. They're very new in their careers, very, uh, very fresh to the scene. And they really stepped up in a big spot here, Gall and Randy. And I think we'll see more of them in the world of Limitless Wrestling. Actually, Gall makes his return in a couple weeks to Let's Wrestle Volume 16 and Herman on March 19th. But it's Randy Rivera walking out victorious in his Limitless debut here. That's right. Pick up a, a win with, uh, I don't know what kind of bomb it was because uh, uh, Johnny and, uh, and Troy were talking at the same time. It was like an F, it was like an F5 and then a full spin into a power bomb. But what was the name of that? Do you know? I have no idea, honestly, off the top of my head. We'll call it a Rivera bomb for all tell intents and purposes. But this was, yeah, I mean, both guys came out and, and uh, you know, you can tell when the crowd doesn't really know the talents. You know, I mean, it kind of takes them a little while. We talked about that with previous, you know, uh, debuts and such. And it took them like, uh, you know, probably about two minutes. But I mean, this was a good, like, saw like eight minute match, give or take. And the crowd was super into it at the end. Both guys athletic and Gal Barquet making, uh, again, his limitless debut and really looking impressive there. And Randy Rivera, yeah, good looking kid. And yeah, this was a, this turned out to be a, a pretty fun match, all things to all things together. So uh, good job, the AG, for making the suggestion. Yeah, interested to see uh, Gal Barquet not only in Let's Wrestle, but who knows, maybe in uh, Limitless instead. Where is he? Is he in uh, Massachusetts right now? Where is he out of? Yeah, so I think he's going to be based uh, out of Massachusetts permanently moving forward is what I heard. So Interesting. I think we'll actually be seeing a lot more of Gall because I remember when I first booked him, I was under the impression that that was probably going to be the only show that we would use Gall for because uh, he would be heading back home. I think at the end of February was originally what the plan was, but... Uh, now it looks like he's going to stay here and have a residence in Massachusetts for some time. And I think that we will certainly see him around, uh, whether it's Limitless or Let's Wrestle moving forward. I've been very impressed by him lately. Yeah. Yeah. Good looking kid. Yeah. Both these two. I think we'll And both to see those them guys, I mean, they, they deserve a, a shout out alone for taking a match like that, um, you know, with hours of notice. I legitimately don't think we got in contact with Randy until 11 a.m. And probably Gall was awoken from slumber at like 8 a.m. to. <laughs> answer the message but uh shout out to both of them uh follow them find seek them out on whatever social platform because i think they're gonna have a lot to offer to the local scene moving forward is the uh the message is always for for young indie wrestlers always be ready yeah it's i mean it's true i mean this is this is a perfect example of that and it, it happens uh shows big and small every single weekend at independent wrestling so um, if you are, if you're out there and people know about you and you're, you know, available by phone, you know, it could happen to you. Yeah. Good stuff. And you never know. Yeah. Opportunities are always out there. And, uh, yeah, they were a great example of that. And speaking of opportunities, 
I mean, this 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 match is an opportunity for uh, a violence. Uh, <laughs> this is insane. Uh, main event of the night: Limitless Wrestling World Championship. Uh, Alec Price defending the title against Ace Romero. This is obviously a rematch off their uh, their match of the last show, and Anthony Green, special guest referee, to help try to contain these guys. There must be a winner again. Anything goes, and Jesus, Randy, anything went. In this show here, uh, shout out to Anthony Green's referee outfit. Not exactly the HBK, but pretty damn close. The mid-range uh, shorts and the tall striped socks. Appreciate that. And I I need a gif of Romero giving uh, giving the camera the blue steel look before the match. That was one of my favorite <laughs> things in this before the violence started. Did you catch that? Yes. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. I need I need a gif of that just for the rest of my life. Uh, the the match this was uh, it, it took a while to get going because the crowd was into this to say the least. Several minutes of chanting, and both guys just planting, uh, planting, playing to the crowd intensity. Uh, each had their own fans. This made it good, and then we we're off and running. And not too quick. It didn't take too long for a staple gun to get introduced into the uh, the equation. Uh, by Ace Romero, uh, shots early to Price's chest and his head. Later on, we'd probably learn, we'd learned that Romero probably wishes he never brought out the staple gun. Price was busted, busted open early, took a, a pretty nasty trash can shot to the head on the outside. Later back on the inside, uh, Price was placed in the trash can, and Romero hit a huge senton on, uh, on uh, Price, and everyone was like, holy shit, Alec Price managed uh, to survive that. And then Alec Price, out of nowhere, grabbed the staple gun, leading to him <laughs> and hit Romero, leading to the chant, no dick season, because it landed right in Romero's crotch in a very painful-looking spot there. Uh, later on, this was an impressive physical feat. Price going for a double foot stomp, landed on Ace Romero's shoulders, held it there on Ace Romero's shoulders, and then hit the move anyway. That was right up there with that Mercer spot with the suplex. This is the second thing I was just like, holy shit. This was an unbelievable athletic feat. Uh, Adore got involved in the in the match, uh, and, and Price eventually went through it. Before that, this is crazy, all these notes here. Uh, Alec Price introducing a thumbtack-wrapped kid's bat, like a small, short, fat, uh, plastic kid's bat. And yeah, this was, this was crazy. Uh, hitting uh, Romero on that all over the place. Didn't matter. Romero nailing a, a DVD of Death Valley Driver through the door on Price. Uh, there was a shot of Romero, which I don't think one of those fans will ever forget, with all types of tacks in the back of his head. Uh, and this is, you know, I had this note, you know, through the first half, three quarters of the match, Anthony Green was just being a referee in the background. And I think that was good. He wasn't like getting too involved. He just was like, he was kind of getting the guys going, but it wasn't, he wasn't making himself part of the match. Well, that would change a little bit later on. And then, uh, yeah, Romero shoved, uh, later on, shoved Anthony Green. Green threw a super kick that laid out Alec Price. That led to a package pile driver that only got two. Then more tacks got in the match. This was this is absolutely wild. Um, Price got powerbombed in the tacks, got up, and then uh, Romero hit a, uh, a, a, a rather Price had a standing surprise kick. And yeah, all of a sudden, just you know, battle of attrition ended, and uh, Alec Price retaining the Limitless Wrestling World Title. And then afterward, this was uh, quite a scene. So AG and Price. Uh, AG was, you know, looking to present the belt to the winner, obviously being Alec Price. They start tugging over the belt, and then out of nowhere, JD Drake comes out. I told you he was going to come up again. Calls out AG, and then there's a, a pretty interesting promo re referencing an involved uh, seminar and, and basically saying, you know, he, 
thought AG was the guy and all this stuff, and maybe he had paid more attention uh, to Limitless Wrestling. He wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be the uh, the two time champion, or he'd still be the champion. Saying he left Limitless and the main fans, the first opportunity, good. And then AG attempted to throw a kick at JD Drake, and then uh, Drake laid out both AG and Alec Price, and he was about to take out Alec Price again, this being JD Drake, until out of nowhere. Rip Bison makes the save, and then J.D. Drake hauls ass, gets out of there, and then, Randy, you got on the microphone, and why don't you tell the folks what you had to say? What finally made you boil over and say, I got I to gotta put an end to this right now? I mean, honestly, I never like to get myself involved in any kind of scenarios like this, but at the time, it felt right. I mean, Anthony Green has been making a case to get back in the championship picture since losing to Alec Price in November. He's had a rocky road, but looked like he was about to square off with Alec Price right there before J.D. Drake got himself involved. And J.D., another one who's been crowing, and he's been crowing and winning, but he's been crowing about getting another shot at Alec Price since his loss at Limitless Worcester. And Rip Bison, someone else who has also fallen to Alec Price in the past, has been bettering himself, trying to work his way back up the ladder to get a shot at Alec after losing to him at IWTV 100 months ago. And he's been on a run, really only getting thwarted by J.D. Drake earlier in the night. So if we're looking for three top contenders in the world of Limitless Wrestling, I think these three fit the bill. And it'll be very interesting to see who can walk away from March 26th as the number one contender for the Limitless Wrestling World Championship. So this match was, uh, this is pretty crazy, right? And I think something, you know, for watching, you know, for watching at home, um, the commentary went out probably like about halfway through all of a sudden uh, Torres and, and the uh, top shelf disappeared. And I think it actually, you know, it, I, to me, it didn't hurt the match at all. And it actually made it a little bit better. If that makes sense, because I get the sense watching it and I'm not just saying this, that it was kind of like being in the arena. Cause in the arena, you don't have the, the luxury of listening to a commentary. Right? right. And it kind of like, you could hear the shots, you could hear the crowd. It just, it made you focus in, what was happening because sometimes you know people you know they may watch wrestling you know whatever and they're on a computer or they're on their phone or something like that they're kind of waiting for the high spots but you couldn't do that because you had to focus in on what was happening the action was so this was like this was wild this is easily to me uh i think everyone a match of the year contender no doubt uh the innovation in, in violence uh shout out tommy dreamer was there the bat with the tax the door all this stuff the tax back in the ring uh just this was uh this was everything that the no contest that happened before this just made this that much better to me. And I think the commentary being out for part of it, uh, it actually, you know, turned out to be okay. Cause you're focused in on this, uh, symphony of violence, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't planned out to be that way, but I think it was pretty <laughs> cool to kind of, uh, feel the energy in the room, so to speak, because I think from an experience standpoint, 100%, uh, one of my favorite main events and, uh, generally one of my favorite matches that we've had in recent history. Yeah. How's, uh, have you, have you, how's Ace doing? <laughs> I mean, afterwards, I mean, these guys, I was looking at the bottom of like Price's boots filled with tax. Obviously Romero's head was full of tax. I mean, after what is going on backstage? How long are these guys having to pull tax out? I mean, what, like, what is that like afterward? I honestly, uh, could not find Ace Romero for about 30 minutes after the event. Um, I think he was getting tended to on his own. Uh, obviously, like you said, there were a lot of tax in his head and, he was spent and Alec Price was the one that I found first and he was doing okay. But I mean, okay. In the sense of, you know, okay. The best you could possibly be doing after something like that. Um, he was getting tended to, uh, had to be bandaged up at the top of his head. And 
a uh, lot of lot of tasks were uh, were pulled out backstage. That's for sure. That was the big cleanup. But I mean, it's uh, another thing like uh, just that I did not really think about going into this. This is really Alec Price's first soiree into a hardcore match of any kind. Mm. Um, and that's what a way to do it with Ace Romero, a longtime rival. Now, they had had a, uh, I believe, an anything goes match on the road that was a bit more tame than this because I don't think tensions were nearly as high. And uh, obviously, when put into the circumstance like this, world championship on the line. All the marbles, uh, they were going to go all out for this one, and they certainly did. Hmm. Certainly did indeed. And that leads into, as you mentioned, the next show, Saturday, March 26th in Yarmouth. The thrill of it. Building is already half sold out in Yarmouth, Maine, so get your tickets now. Limitlesswrestling.com slash tickets. And, and Randy, I, I rarely do this because I don't you know, want to bug you about limitless stuff all the time, even though I want to. Uh, this card looks uh, earmuffs, kids. Fucking awesome. I mean, this is this is good. I don't even know half the matches, but just the talent on this show, unbelievable. You have the main event, J.D. Drake versus Rip Bison versus Anthony Green, a three-way for a future shot at Limitless Wrestling Champion Alec Price. That is guaranteed banger for sure. This one, now this one I just read about today, I knew these two guys were turning, and I was hoping they'd be against each other, and now my wish came true, Randy. Big Beef versus Slade. I mean, this is like, you talk about hard-hitting, this is what this match is going to be. However, we have the returns of Brad Cashew. Obviously, he's going to have a lot to say after his loss to Sky Tuhati and being embarrassed against Sky Tuhati and Dury Dango. But, Randy, we have the return of Veda Scott in action. We have the return of Masha Slamovich in action. We have the limitless wrestling debut of the bounty hunter, Brian Keith, from Greensport, Texas, the new Texas pro wrestling champion and a guy that likes suplexes. I'll tell you that much. And the limitless debut of not only Speedball Mike Bailey, one of the buzziest wrestlers in the business right now. His visa's cleared. He's in the U.S. He's working all over the place. You can see him on Impact Wrestling. He's going to be making his limitless debut. And the limitless debut of Jonah, the former NXT North American champion, uh, Bronson Reed. And the guy also Jonah in Impact, New Japan, all over the place. These guys are making their This is This card, I'm not just saying this right This is like, again, this is awesome. Nice Nice job. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of fresh faces on this one. Brian Keith, someone who I've wanted to get into Limitless Wrestling for a while now. I think we've been talking to him since late last year, just trying to set something up. But dude, schedule's picking up, so I'm happy we could make it happen here. Speedball, I think we talked about it recently. He's been a bucket list guy for quite some time. And Jonah, I mean, I'm stoked about Jonah, man. We've got quite a match set up for him that I think will be announced by the next time that we talk. So uh, I'm excited to get a lot of matches will be coming out here. I would say within the next like three or four days. So stay tuned to all socials for that. And like Josh said, the event is already over halfway sold out. So get your tickets, limitlesswrestling.com slash tickets. Hoss, uh, Hoss fight, big beef and Slade. I can't even imagine. I, I can't, I can't, I can't contain myself. It's going to be, I mean, we saw Rip Bison Slade a couple months ago. It's going to be rough. <laughs> Oh my God, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Anyway, nothing you can't wait for. Let's Wrestle, the sister promotion of Limitless Wrestling. We talked about this before you guys know. Herman Maine coming up Saturday, March 19th, Volume 16, Playing for Keeps. It's the second show uh, this year, the second show in the uh, the revival, so to speak, the uh, uh, the relaunch of things after the pandemic. And tickets on sale now, limitlesswrestling.com slash let's wrestle. And I assume we'll probably be available at the door as well, but obviously don't wait, correct? 
Yes. Yeah. I, I believe we'll have some at the door, but I uh, actually been selling at a pretty ferocious pace the past few days. So uh, if you want them uh, by the time you listen to this, definitely grab them online. And if you want to watch the first show in, in the return, you can check that on IWTV as well in its own feed, not in the re- the uh, limitless feed, but a couple matches made for the show array and also some, uh, some talents and so on announced. MSP taking on the Miracle Generation, Kylon King and Dustin Waller. We talked about him uh, the, uh, filling in against Anthony Green on the last uh, Let's Wrestle show. We have the debuting Gary J versus uh, Limitless Wrestling World Champion Alec Price, former Let's Wrestle champion. He's going to be pissed after losing his title. The Masshole, Mike McCarthy, the Open Challenge returns. We have a relaxed rules match. I've never heard of a relaxed rules match. I mean, it's during this. Rip, Rip Bison taking on Logan Black. I believe Logan Black was a... Uh, alum of the road, if I'm remembering that right, and then a little bit of a change. Randy, you mentioned to me, Art versus the Haven is not happening due to a booking conflict. What do you want to say about this? Yeah, so uh, just talked to Aaron Rourke uh, lit- literally yesterday as we record this, and uh, he is the Wrestle Pro champion, um, a home promotion to him from his time training in New York, and they have a show the same day, looking to set up a title defense. So he said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to wait on Ricky's final chance to, you know, make this happen as a team while Ava's gone. I'm going to wait to the limitless show a week later. So Ricky smokes will still be in action. The Haven will still be in action, but uh, the matches or the match that they were scheduled for, I should say is going to change. And maybe by the time you listen to this, it might be out there already, but uh, all three will still be in action. No Aaron Rourke on 319, but he is confirmed for the thrill of it on 326 so mm. uh I, I think we're gonna see him and ricky smokes in tag team action we're gonna see if they can figure it out mm. also announced for the show let's wrestle champion mac daniels ichiban love doug joseph alexander aka the a-game gal barquet obro owen brody another alumni of the road uh making his return big country jason maverick returned to action after his debut on the last show i know a lot of people excited about that legit perfect perkins a good-looking guy uh, showing up, making his uh, his debut as well. And you also mentioned a while ago, GM Johnny Torres is going to reveal the future of the Limitless Wrestling Tag Team Division and the tag team titles on this show. What else should people know about Let's Wrestle coming up uh, playing for keeps? Yeah, so uh, Saturday, March 19th, we're back at the Morgan Hill Event Center in Herman. Uh, t- front row tickets already sold out, but GA tickets still available for just $15. And uh, it's going to be kind of a mix here. Like like Josh is saying, we're seeing a lot of the alum from the road pop back up here. Some Limitless Dojo standouts and Jason Maverick and Jake Hez will be making their appearance on this show. Uh, McCarthy's Open Challenge, like you said, that's kind of a throwback to first year Let's Wrestle. That's really how Mike McCarthy started to make a name for himself and move up the ranks in Let's Wrestle was the Mass Hole Open Challenge. So I'm excited to see what comes out of that. Alec Price welcoming the debuting Gary J. It's a really fun roster here, and uh, we actually posted a video just last night to Let's Wrestle sh- uh, Let's Wrestle Socials of MSP and the Miracle Generation having a little confrontation at Blitzkrieg Pro last week. So mm. some tensions uh, getting a little high there with MSP and the Miracle Generation. A lot of buzz for Kylon and Dustin Waller, and I think they had some really outstanding performances at the Let's Wrestle uh, Return Show in February. So now's the true test. I mean, we're not waiting around. I, I saw what these guys have to offer and I think they're ready for a match like this. And yeah. And so we'll, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing that show uh, coming up on, on Saturday a week from uh, Saturday the 19th. It's a uh, quick news bits, Randy. Um, you know, I don't want to get too big ahead about this, but I guess she deserves it. 
Ava Everett winning the WXW women's title in Germany recently. How about that? Awesome for her. I mean, she's having a great time and a very successful trip uh, in Germany right now with WXW. And I believe um, she's actually wrestling in the United Kingdom again soon. But uh, what a stage to do that on, too. One of the biggest WXW events of the year, 16 Carat. And uh, now she's got some international gold that she can come home and brag about, which I cannot wait for. <laughs> oh, boy. Ava Everett, the uh, WXW Women's Champion there. And uh, I want. I, did you uh, see AEW Revolution at all? I did. I watched it start to finish, actually. Nice. What did you think? Uh, it was long, but I, I really enjoyed some of the matches on there. I thought the dog collar match was excellent with Punk and MJF. Um, I actually really enjoyed watching the triple threat tag title match with the Bucks, Red Dragon, and Jurassic Era. Um, I was <laughs> in the moment, I was blown away with how good the uh, the Sting Darby Sammy Guevara versus the the Matt Hardy group match was. Yeah, because it was just like I I felt like it was so late in the night. I literally was like at the point like before the match was coming. I'm like, I think they might have cut this off the show. And I, I forget that their pay-per-views go to like midnight, but uh, I had a lot of fun watching that one. It was really chaotic, um, but no, I, I enjoyed myself watching it. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought uh, same as you. I, I'm always big. I've, ta- I've told you this before. Like, there's a there's a limit in how much wrestling you can take in at once, and they have the issue is they have such a loaded roster. Um, but that's you know they ran from what seven to seven to midnight. That's a a long time it's a long time to watch wrestling even really great wrestling like that trios match you mentioned kind of woke people up uh, i think at the end but like you know for you know east coast people you know shows getting over in, in midnight, midnight especially not on a um on a holiday you know that's it's a little rough and sometimes i think it can kind of hurt at the end because you have you know people watching home but you have people in, in stands that are you know watching through the whole show as well and you know we kind of wonders if that fair to guys like you know, Cole and Paige at the end where they're having to follow this incredible show and people have been there for so long. And yeah, you know, timing in general with, with shows. And I think you've been really good with this. And, you know, I remember one of the shows you did, it went to uh, 1130. And I remember afterwards, you're like, you're like, yeah, I went too long. Right. And I think it's kind of, you know, that there's, there's that max where you're going to keep people's attention and you're trying to build towards the main event. But sometimes, you know, no matter what it is, you can, you can push people a little bit too long and you're not kind of, you're not getting that reaction, that pop that you want course yeah and you always run that risk with longer shows um i uh i do have to say before i forget about it i really loved chris jericho eddie kingston yeah i had a ball watching that and i really didn't know what to expect from the match in general but it's one of my favorite jericho AEW matches i believe um, yeah he's he's got in uh he's got really good shape lately like the last month month and a half i don't know if he's been I don't know what what he's preparing for, uh, but out of nowhere, yeah, he's he's really slimmed down. It's noticeable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, speaking of JD Drake, he and uh, he and Anthony Henry, uh, the workhorseman, uh, very familiar to Limitless Wrestling fans, they're getting it up. They got an opportunity against uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley, and I was hoping, I kind of in the back of my mind knew they weren't going to get like fifteen minutes and just have like a, a Limitless style banger. You know what I mean? But I was in the back in the back of my mind, I was kind of hoping for you know, hoping for like a really great match. It, it was decent. It was like, you know, six, seven minutes, but it was still kind of cool to, to see them in that environment. I hope they get more opportunities there. We said that here before, but those, uh, those guys are awesome. 
yeah, they definitely deserve it. And I think, I think for them moving forward, it would, it would be the best thing for them to get that tag team going in AEW and just, you know, really have any restrictions taken off and just kind of show what they can do as a team, because uh, we've seen it time and time again with their matches in limitless. They're so impressive as a unit. Um, And also like uh, (laughs) reverting back to the pay-per-view, how about the William Regal segment? Yeah. Daniel Bryan and Moxley. I was losing my mind for that. Yeah. Imagine that. That was shit out of them. That was out of, out of nowhere. All of a sudden that he he came out there and now he's going to be, Essentially, their manager uh, going for it. Kind of a kind of interesting angle there. People love Regal, huh? Yes, uh, I think there's such a and honestly, like uh, the the promo he was he was in the ring with Shivani last night on Dynamite, and um, when he was saying like every every time they mention Brian Danielson, they mention my name or my name is mentioned, and he was like honored about that. But it's so, so true. Like he is highly regarded as uh, one of, if not the top of his generation in that genre of wrestling and rightfully so. And uh, I'm a huge William Regal fan. I would say he's probably in my top 10. So uh, to see him, you know, be able to be on TV again, and who knows now he's 53 years old, you know, he, uh, I could see him lacing him up again. I tried to make a bet with somebody last night on it. I think he's going to wrestle within six months, but that's just me. Uh, Interesting. I think, I think he's going to be around this, and I think there's just uh, there's going to be no way to prevent it. If Sting is still jumping off balconies at 62, I think William Regal can go in there and have a clinic. I really do. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, I know we're up on the hour. I want to get one other uh, question because he just came up on one of the old podcasts I was listening to the other day. I was just mentioning uh, Shane Strickland, uh, Swerve Strickland. You've had him on Limitless shows before. I think he was uh, actually a, a substitute for uh, for Sammy Callahan, if I remember right, in one of your shows before. But yeah, he's signing a deal with AEW, and people really seem to like him. What was your, uh, your what do you remember about working with him before? Yeah, uh, we only got to work together one time, but it was really cool the time that we did have him. I think he was in uh, a six-man tag for Sammy. I think you're correct in that notion. Uh, but no, he was really cool. I remember him coming up doing uh, some of the early, like, CZ, I, I don't know if he did the CZW Dojo shows or he was doing, like, uh, what was he doing? He was doing, like, the, they would do these aerial assault matches in, like, CZW where they'd put, like, a like a big box over, like, a turnbuckle, like a platform that people could jump off of. And uh, it sounds was safe. very, what's that? Said sounds safe. <laughs> very safe. Um I remember seeing him do a lot of CZW stuff very early on, and that's kind of where I got clued into Shane Strickland. And uh, I think the first ever Beyond show that I went to was the first American Rana. And they actually, like, as you went in, there was a match already waiting in the ring, and he was one-fourth of that match and I think was the most impressive out of it and has just continued to get better and better. And uh, really cool to see uh, the fan reaction to him as well because um, – I feel like sometimes scenarios like that, maybe the reactions aren't as strong as you'd hope they were, but Shane was, uh, it was over the top for Shane Strickland. They were, they were stoked to see him. Nice. Cool. Well, it's been a very newsworthy show, all types of stuff to talk about. And obviously uh, two shows coming up uh, in the next weeks ahead, uh, both for let's wrestle and limitless before we go, get a couple of plugs in there. Obviously IWTV for all your streaming uh, needs for, Limitless Wrestling, if for some reason you haven't seen Too Hot to Handle, you know, go watch that right now, including all types of other past Limitless shows going back years and years and years. And will, are the, uh, will we ever get the very first Limitless shows on there, Randy? What do you think? Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, I like it. I, uh, 
I'll have to go through this. A few of them that I've got to reformat, but I actually just got done last week reformatting the stage one. So the first ever Limitless show uh, without commentary, but uh, I think that could be released within the next month or so. Whoa. That's big news. Breaking news here at the end of the podcast. Nice reward for people to stick around. Anyway, IWTV, use code Limitless if you haven't already. Nice incentive there. Pluto TV. Pluto TV, that's right. Search for Limitless Wrestling. You can see uh, it's still just uh, the first two seasons of The Road, or first three seasons. Is that right? Yeah, just just season one and two of The Road right now. But uh, let them know you want to see more. If they end up ordering more from us, whether it's The Road or whether it's some full shows from us, we'd be happy to send it their way. Mm-hmm. And then also on social media, uh, media you can follow the Limitless Wrestling on Twitter, LW Main, Limitless Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Obviously, that is where you get all the the scoops on new signings, uh, new matches being made, all these type of things. You get to hear it first before your friends. And yeah, that's a good incentive to buy some tickets as well. YouTube, uh, almost nine hundred fifty thousand subscribers, three hundred sixty million views. Obviously, blowing it up there. And let's wrestle on two oh seven on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can follow Randy on Twitter, Randy underscore Carver, not Randy Carver underscore LW. I need to correct myself there. Randy underscore Carver LW on Twitter, and at Josh Nason on Twitter, and then LimitlessWrestling.com for all your ticket and merchandise needs. For Randy Carver, I am Josh Nason, and until next time, be limitless. <laughs>